Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks so much for tuning in here on Monday, February 27th, almost to the month of March, almost to the start of the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. Got a lot coming up on the docket for the Jaguars this week in Indy with the Combine coming up, uh, start of the new league year, coming up uh, a couple weeks after that, free agency, lots going on. The Jaguars, they've begun to make some roster moves to prepare themselves for 2023 free agency and to get ready for this 2023 campaign where they're going to try to defend their AFC South crown. They're going to try to advance further in the playoffs. And, you know, the goal is going to be to be playing in February. And we all know what that means. But it starts here. It starts now for these 2023 Jacksonville Jaguars. And they had a, they had a busy weekend. And we're going to get into some of that stuff right now here on Duval Daily. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Like to remind you, you can hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. If you're listening on your podcast platform of choice, you can go ahead and subscribe and review if you enjoy the content. Means the world couldn't be doing this without y'all. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. So, getting into these roster moves that the Jaguars made this weekend, we'll start out with the backup quarterback spot, CJ Beathard. He's back. He's a guy that, uh, backup quarterback, obviously. Two years, $4.5 million, according to the reports we've seen. Um, and, and these deals that the Jaguars inked this weekend, we don't have the exact details of salary cap hits and and um, and that sort of thing yet, but we will get those as we move forward here. But two years, $4.5 million for a backup quarterback, that's going to be um, – that's that's cheap, right? Like there's backup quarterbacks out there making a lot more than CJ Beathard's making. His average salary here 2.25 million over this 2-year deal that they just signed. So, getting CJ Beathard back in the building, uh, I think this is a move where, you know, CJ and Trevor Lawrence have a great relationship. CJ and the coaching staff have a good relationship. Uh, he is a bit of a gamer. He's a guy that knows the system now. Um, so I think this is a move that gives you a pretty decent floor as a backup quarterback. Um, and I think he's a quality backup quarterback. Do I think C.J. Beathard is like the best backup on the planet? Is he an elite backup in this league? I wouldn't say that. But when it comes to you know pretty much being a sounding board for Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the staff, when it comes to having a good relationship with the, the rest of the staff and with Trevor, and when it comes to just being able to be a gamer, um, not being phased by the moment, by by being forced into a football game. Uh, I do think C.J. Beathard can hold the fort for you. Do I think that bringing C.J. Beathard back should mean that the Jaguars are done at quarterback? No, I don't. I think they should always be looking to potentially add talent to the position if it's available. And so if you're sitting there on day three of the draft or undrafted free agency and there's a guy out there you like, you don't let 
the fact that you brought C.J. Beathard back stop you from adding more talent to the room, potentially getting younger uh, and more talented for the future, and potentially you want to keep trying to find diamonds in the rough at the quarterback position. And Doug Peterson knows how to coach quarterbacks, and they've got a really good staff here in Jacksonville. So uh, continuing to add to that position is, is how I look at it. And I think there's plenty of options for them to try to go get a guy and late in the draft this year or in undrafted free agency that could come in and compete. You know, they had EJ Perry do it last year. I think that you'll see that again most of the most of the time when you have a Doug Peterson staff in place. They're going to try to keep swinging on quarterbacks. They have Trevor. They know they know that they have their franchise, but you want to make sure that behind the franchise guy you've got some talent that can come in and win you ball games if need be. I think CJ can do that. Uh, I think that there's more talented backup quarterbacks in the league. CJ doesn't have the biggest arm or or uh, great legs or anything like that. He doesn't have like a superpower as a backup quarterback, but he's steady as he goes. He's smart, hardworking. Uh, he's going to come in and, and get along with everyone and uh, uh, bring more continuity to the 2023 team. There's going to be guys that are gone from 2022 on the 2023 roster. There's going to be guys that are not there anymore. C.J. Beathard is now going to be one of the guys that sticks around, that gives you continuity. And I think that is important, especially in the quarterback room. But adding to it, I think, could still be on the docket. A little bit of a bigger move, maybe maybe a surprise move here. Roy Robertson-Harris, Jaguars interior defensive lineman. Defensive end slash defensive tackle depends on how their front looks. Uh, on a given play, but hand-in-the-dirt type of player, interior player, Roy Robertson-Harris signed a three-year, $30 million extension with the Jaguars, so he's going to be around here in Duval now for a minute. Um, it, it looks like that's probably, in, in all reality, more of a two-year extension. That's kind of the way the Jaguars write contracts, right? If, if they ink a guy to a three-year deal, there's probably going to be a team out after the second year of that deal. If it's a four-year deal, there's probably a team out after year two or year three. That's just kind of the way they do these deals because it gives them flexibility moving forward. But I can also tell you this, that three years, 30 million, his cap hit in, in 2023 is not going to be that 10 million average annual value of that contract. It's going to be significantly less. And we've talked about this a lot. Shad Khan writes big signing bonuses for these deals and so you're going to have Roy Robertson Harris's 2023 cap hit. It's probably going to be coming in at less than five million. Usually, in the first year of these contracts, the cap hit, uh, because of a large signing bonus, comes in at under half of the average annual value. And then you get that signing bonus prorated over the length of the contract when it comes to the salary cap. So he'll have bigger cap hits, you know, uh, 2024, 2025 potentially, but. Uh, and again, we don't know the exact details yet, but we do know it's three years, $30 million extension. We do know that uh, essentially extending Roy Robertson Harris at this point saves the Jaguars money against the cap in 2023, but it also allows them to keep Roy Robertson Harris. A lot of folks kind of thought, including myself, I thought he was a cut candidate because if the Jaguars decided to cut Roy Robertson Harris, they would have saved almost $8 million against the cap in 2023. Well, now in this situation, they're going to save against the cap again. We're not sure the exact number yet, but they're going to save against the cap and they're going to get to keep Roy Robertson Harris, who they believe is a really valuable interior defensive line piece. And I think he is too. Do I think he's a $10 million a year type of player? 
I'm not sure, but again, continuity is is going to be important for a team that's going into year two of a new of a of a regime. Um, and so, bringing Roy back, who and and make no mistake about it, he was dominant down the stretch. I mean, he wasn't Chris Jones. Nobody is right, but down the stretch when the Jaguars needed him most in those playoff games and the games against the Titans and and some of the games. Uh, towards the end of the regular season where they went on that five-game winning streak, Roy was a big part of that. Not only getting pressure on the quarterback, but making plays in the backfield against running backs as well. Roy really caught fire, and I think a lot of that does have to do with some of the injuries that took place, uh, some of the movement that took place on the defensive front for the Jaguars. Roy getting more reps, and uh, he was kind of feasting there. So, Throughout his career, has he been that dominant player? No, uh, but he also hasn't had a lot of quality opportunities to show exactly what he can do um, from on a on a consistent snap to snap basis. He's been more of a rotational player most of his career. Jaguars gave him an opportunity down the stretch in 2022. He took advantage of it, and now he's going to stick around in Jacksonville. And another thing this does for the Jaguars, besides saving them some cap space, keeping a guy like Roy Robertson Harris around. It eliminates a big need. I mean, I don't think that the Jaguars are out of the pass rush game anymore because they brought back Roy Robertson-Harris. But if Roy did not return, they would have basically had no true interior rushers. right? Arden Key, you feel like hopefully you can bring him back. Dewan Smoot, same thing. You don't know when he's going to be healthy with the Achilles. But... Roy is a legitimate interior presence. He can play the run from the interior. He can also rush the passer. Um, and if you didn't bring him back, you're going to be going into the draft unless they went and signed somebody high profile like a Javon Hargrave or Duran Payne, something of that, uh, some someone of that ilk. Unless they went and did that, going into the draft, they were going to be one of the most interior defensive line needy teams in the league and not because Devon's not a quality player Devon Hamilton not because Foley can't be a quality player and I know that he didn't play as well down the stretch but he was battling injuries throughout the year when he was healthy at the beginning of the year Foley looked like he was that dude that they brought in here and paid 10 million dollars and he looked like he was going to be an impact player but the point of it is Foley um, they're going to have an out in his contract after the 2023 season Devon Hamilton is going into the final year of his rookie deal. So if, if, if those were your only two interior guys, you have no long-term future at the position, no long-term stability, um, and, and you also don't really have much pass rush juice. Love Devon Hamilton, uh, and he did provide some pass rush. Not a ton, but some, but he's more of a run defense guy. So is Foley Fadukasi. So if those were your two interior guys you had on your roster, you're going to go into the draft desperately needing to add players that can potentially juice up the interior pass rush. And do I think that they're out of that business now? No. I think they should still add to this to this group, still add more pass rush. Whether it's the defensive interior, whether it's the edge, personally for me it should be both. You've got to continue to juice up that pass rush in my opinion. But bringing Roy back is a positive step in the right direction. It's not going to be overly expensive. It's not going to have 
big long-term cap ramifications. I think this is the type of quality deal that a team who made the playoffs in their first year under a new regime, a team that saw Roy Robertson Harris surge down the stretch just like a bunch of these other players, I think it does make sense. Is it the direction I would have gone? I'm not sure. Um, In fact, it probably isn't. But I do respect it. I do think Roy Robertson-Harris is a quality teammate, a good overall football player, and now he's going to have a chance to really show what he can do in what should be a larger role. Uh, they should feature him the way they featured him down the stretch last year. That's what they should be planning on doing in 2023. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Now we've also got Jamichael Hasty, Jaguars backup running back. Signed to a deal, uh, the Jaguars announced yesterday. No details yet on that, but it will be minimal. This is not going to be a contract that you even need to worry about how it impacts the salary cap. It's going to be a very low-end running back contract. But what does Hasty do? He has special teams value for you. He has third down value. He can come in and block. He's not a huge guy, but he, he does his best as a blocker in third down situations. He's a good pass catcher. He has some explosiveness to his game. I think his running style fits what the Jaguars want to do up front, again, with, with his combination of, of, uh, of speed and quickness and toughness. Like, when he first got here, I, I didn't exactly think Jamichael Hasty was somebody you were going to run between the tackles, and I still don't think that should be his feature role, his primary role. But you saw him run with toughness down the stretch for the Jaguars and run in between the tackles. And so I think this is a player they just saw a lot of value from in a variety of different ways. He's not just a running back. He helps you in a lot of ways, does Jamichael Hasty. And so I think keeping him around, again, that's a, a type of position or a type of move that continues to give you a decent floor. Right, Jamichael Hasty has a lot of experience in this league. He got good experience with the Jaguars last year, experience with the 49ers before that. He's got some skill to him. So I think bringing him back and fortifying your running back room behind Travis Etienne, you've also got Snoop Connor, of course. I think it makes sense. Now they also restructured Foye Aluokan's deal, which is not a big surprise. Uh, when you look at players that the Jaguars would want to restructure, right? Because they're in a tight salary cap situation. If you haven't been paying attention, the Jaguars were about $30 million over the cap, including Calvin Ridley's contract um, heading into 2023. They've made some cap-cutting moves. Another one of those is restructuring Foyer Luke and saving $10.36 million against the cap in 2023, which is a big number, no mistake about it. Um, and this is purely a cap maneuvering move. This has nothing to do with with uh, how long Foyer is going to be in Jacksonville. This is purely a cap-related move. It lowers his 2023 cap hit significantly. Uh, again, by two by $10.36 million, the Jaguars lowered Foyer's 2023 cap hit, clearing up some more space. I would not be surprised. In fact, I would be surprised if this is the only restructure. I think there are more restructures coming down the pipe. And when you look at candidates who, who could be 
quality candidates for a restructure. I think you're looking at players who have youth on their side, have have the age thing on their side, which Foye certainly does. He's only about 27, I believe. I think you're looking at very talented players and very expensive players. So who could fit into that category for the Jaguars moving forward? I think Christian Kirk fits the bill. I think he's a guy you're going to want to have around for a long time. Um, You know, uh, I think... Not at this point, but at some point during the offseason, if the Jaguars wanted to, after Calvin Ridley got extended, they ex- um, reinstated, they could go ahead and extend him and potentially save against the cap in 2023. I don't necessarily expect that. I think they'll want to see a year of, of football from him, or at least some football from him before they extend Calvin. But I definitely think Christian Kirk is an option, um, and, and we'll see who else that they might try to restructure again. It's not taking money away from these players. In fact, it's giving them more money up front with signing bonuses and uh, just basically helping your 2023 cap table, cap picture, which is the year that the Jaguars have some issues here. Moving into 2024 and 2025, the Jaguars will have different hurdles to overcome from a from a, a, a salary cap standpoint. You know, Trevor Lawrence's deal is going to be coming up. He'll be eligible to be extended following the 2023 season, following year three. And so there's going to be other things they have to figure out in the future. But in 2024 and 2025, there's a lot of flexibility, a lot of maneuverability. It's more about getting uh, 2023 to a more manageable level so you can sign your rookie class, so you can maybe sign a free agent or two that you feel like is going to come in and help you in a specific spot, and so you can retain your guys, right? They've still got Arden Key uh, that's uh, set to be an unrestricted free agent. They've still got Dewan Smoot. Trey Herndon, who was their starting nickel, Dewey, Andrew Wingard, who's one of their core special teamers and, and a valuable backup safety and a guy who can play a role for you. Maybe Chris Manhurts, right? You think Evan Ingram is probably coming back based on everything you've seen over the last couple weeks. Um, but Chris Manhurts, he's a good complement to an Evan Ingram. But maybe they just decide to roll with Luke Farrell and, and, and bring in a couple young guys in the draft. We'll see at the tight end position how they play that out. Um but yeah, they've got some unrestricted free agents of their own that they'd probably like to sign. They've probably got a couple other guys that they'd like to sign um, to this roster to come in and, and, and perform a certain role. And then I think you also, while we thought that RRH might be a cut candidate, I think Trey Herndon is the easiest cut candidate. I mean, not Trey Herndon, excuse me. Shaquille Griffin is the easiest cut candidate uh, that you could find just because didn't play last year, uh, wasn't great, great in 2020. I mean, I thought he was, in 2021, excuse me, I thought he was pretty good. Would have liked to seen him hold on to a couple of the interceptions, but I thought he was pretty sticky in coverage, all things considered. But it just looks like it's time for both sides to move on. Um, he's now lost his starting role on the outside. He doesn't have experience on the inside. Are you going to pay a, a slot corner? Uh, what you'd have to pay him, and the Jags would save $13 million against the cap in 2023 by moving on from Shaq. I think he's a great dude, great teammate. He said he wants to be here. I just don't see how it makes any sense. I don't see how it's tenable for the Jaguars unless it was a massive restructure, and he's not going to do that. They're not going to push money down the road on Shaquille Griffin. He's not going to want to just save the team money. Uh, so I just don't know how it works out with Shaquille Griffin and the Jaguars this year. But as I mentioned, I do expect Evan Ingram, uh, that contract to be coming up um, pretty soon here. I would expect 
Again, probably Trey Herndon, probably Dewey, maybe Chris Manhurts. Uh, Riley Patterson's an exclusive rights free agent, so I would expect him to be back as well. Jaguars kicker. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to be another restructure or two. I think there's going to be some more signings coming down the pipe. And we've got the Combine this week. I think Doug and, and Trent are going to be speaking at the Combine tomorrow. Tuesday, February 28th, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that is when they will be talking to the media. So you'll kind of get that pre-draft exposure to Doug and Trent. Excuse me. And I, I there's probably not going to be anything super revealing that they'll tell you, but it's always good to hear from the head coach and the general manager. Um, and then on-field workouts, I, I believe, begin on Thursday. You'll get to see all these different positions going at it, flying around and, and seeing what type of athletes these guys are and how they measure up, at least in shorts, uh, to the rest of the guys in this class. I'm fired up for it. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, Duval. That's going to do it here for Duval Daily today here on Monday, February 27th. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button, and you can turn on the notification bell so you don't miss a show here on YouTube. Really appreciate y'all's support, Duval. Have a good one.